computer. Hello, welcome to Jesus TV. Jesus in this mess is the program that you're watching right now. And so we're trying to find Jesus in the mess of our lives. And Emily Powell will be painting during our conversations. Uh, that's how she makes mess so that she can conjure Jesus. So uh, you can think of her paint as a talisman, a way in which to reach out and touch the eternal world um, by touching more uh, with her hands. Uh, for those uninitiated, um, Emily um, has had uh, many beautiful crises in her life that um, ended up birthing a new Emily that paints with her fingers. She also paints with brushes, but um, we, I, um, today on Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday, I'm thinking about wanting a new version of myself. I like this version better than the, the previous version. Um, and, um, but I like, I think I got to get born again many times. And I don't know, that's probably not something doctrinal when they use that parable. I may be stretching it, but that's what Jesus puts in my heart to do. So it's authorized in that sense. Um, I often talk about getting born again. I'll tell my wife, hey, if you don't like this version of me, there's a better one coming. Uh, so, um, cause I'm, I'm presenting myself to the Lord, like do what you want to do. Cause I will invite him, you know, if you need to give me cancer or you need to wreck my career, uh, anything I'm, I'm game, uh, cause I'm done with my life. And, uh, and I mean it because he's proved faithful. Like, yeah, I like where we're going with this. It is painful like childbirth. And so for me, um, I'm stuck on that, um, born again, birthing, uh, and I, I was uh, messaging out to some friends that very thing um, is, in fact, I'll, I'll read it, then I'll turn the um, thoughts back over to you guys. Let's see. Um, I said to this friend, um, da, 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 where's it at? Okay. Pulling it up now. Um, da, da, da. I love the thing you shared. Uh, it has Jesus in it. And I'm always trying to fatten my spirit up on that sweet stuff. Thanks. I'm going to invite the Lord to um, take me into the sweet grave and bore me again today. If not today, soon. I'll do my Lamaze routines and wait upon my physician. I really like the improvements he makes to my soul when he upgrades me to the newer versions of Greg. I like living with myself a whole lot more than I used to. For one, these more Jesus versions of Greg understand tribulation as normal, expected and necessary birthing pains, not just a symptom of personal failure, though it is that too. Hallelujah for failure that makes me reach out to God like some Jesus freak. I'll go boil some water now and get some rags. I think I may be crowning. And there you go. That's my mashup language to appreciate uh, what is necessary messy it is as it is okay anybody else have thoughts i actually really like that i actually really like that concept of uh being born again um and like i actually i love the what you said about you know you don't like this version just wait there's a better version coming <laughs> That's right. um you know and i hope it's a better version it's definitely a different version i'm gonna uh -huh. say it's a different version and hopefully it gets better. I don't feel like it's, I feel like with Jesus, it should be better. But 
I think with Jesus, sometimes things are, are really hard, yes. you know, and you have to do, so, well, I think almost always you have to do some things that are hard. You have to do things that you're afraid to do. Um, I mean, we love watching The Chosen and uh, one of the ones from season three that my husband and I just watched last week, it's, uh, it was one of the ones where he tells them like, hey guys, it's your turn to, to go out and talk to people. And you're going to go heal people and you're going to oh, go yeah. talk to people. Yeah. And uh, they were like, us? And I, I love the way that The Chosen portrays things where it's just like, they're like, you're talking to us? Like, you want us to go do stuff? Like, I don't think we know enough. I don't right. think we have the right kind of power. Like, Jesus, you're the one that's doing it. Like, why are you sending us? And they're like, we got all these plans. Like, Peter's like, I just want to be home with my wife. We're going to start a family. Like, all this stuff. And and Jesus is like, no, you're you're going to go out now. Timing was not very ideal um, for them. And uh, I don't know. So it makes me think about like, what things are there in my life that I feel like I should do, but I'm too afraid or that I don't feel like I have the capacity. And then that makes me think of, um, like I always read like a, a dictionary recovery stuff. One of my favorite books that I read on like almost a daily basis is um, The Language of Letting Go. And it's by Melody Beattie. And it has like daily, I don't know, I've been reading it for years. It pretty much just has like a date and then it has like her thoughts. I feel like it's just like her conversations with Jesus. And uh, and I love it because it always seems, I'm never actually on the right date. I think right now I'm on like January 31st. I just like read it in order or sometimes I just pick up at a random spot and just read it. But um, one of the things that she, what I was reading about last night when I was, my brain always gets, like I said, really full at night. And one of the things I was reading about last night was the whole idea that, yeah, you can't do it by yourself. And it's like letting go is letting and letting God and that you can't do it and that you can't see a way to do it and that that's okay. And um, so that's what I was thinking about today. And so that brings me to the next idea that I just barely had, which is why I stepped out for a minute. Because it's Easter, I thought it would be... Because again, this is about play. I'm gonna try to paint Easter eggs today. Let's All see right. how this goes. <laughs> um, I don't know what I'm gonna paint. I'm sitting here staring at this, so this happens to me often. I really like making backgrounds, but when it comes to actually painting <laughs> something on it, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I just like love texture, love background, and I'm like, um, what do I want to do? I I don't know. I mean, I. I'm really getting tired of just having a single figure. Um, I know I want this painting to be like a big sideways one that you could like put over a couch or something, like in a living room. It's it's pretty large. Um, I don't know if you can tell. It's about the size of, it's probably about three by six feet. It's about the size of a folding table. That's the table it was sitting on. So I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Like, I don't know if I should have Jesus like sitting. Should I have Jesus doing something. I really don't know what direction this is going to go, but I'm going to try to do it with Easter eggs. And I might have to step out a few times to get more Easter eggs and steal them from my kids' Easter baskets. Because um, <laughs> I just barely thought of this. Because I, I like it. You're, you're painting with Easter eggs, not painting them. Oftentimes people are painting Easter eggs. Uh, well, maybe case, I will. Yeah. 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 You're, you're, you're using them as a device. To, to paint. Uh, yeah, and, and I feel like, yeah, I feel like, you know, you've got the round parts, but if you crack it open, you could scratchers. probably do some cool scratchers and some cool scrapey things. 
Yeah. And it all started because when I picked up my painting this morning, I left, this egg was left on there. This is actually a percussion egg. You probably can't hear it. Can you hear it? Oh, yeah, I could hear it when you did it yeah. over there. Over there by my thing, by uh -huh. where I have my speaker. But yeah, it's a, it's a shaker egg. And I was like, oh, this is a, I used to play percussion and drums and stuff a lot when I was a lot younger. And so oh, this is just a, and then my kids, this was a random toy for them. And I just, I don't know, it keeps finding, turning up in random places. So there you have it. It looked like an Easter egg. It sure does. So that's what we're going to do. Nice. All right. And so what you'll see is she's going into the abyss here, doesn't know what she's going to do. Um, yeah. I can't even decide on colors. Do you guys have any <laughs> colors? Like, I don't, I don't know if I should go with the purple and yellows. Like, part of me is like, that feels really bright for Easter. But at the same time, those are Easter colors. Yeah. I see Easter already. It's the oh, yellow yeah. and the purple. So, yeah. No. Yeah, I don't know if I should go full on Easter you know, crazy and do turquoise blue. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't think, know. I think so. Yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. Yeah, full on Easter. Even maybe. I don't know if pink would be too much, but but you'll have to see. I'll I'll have say to see. Pink I'm might, so anti. But... I'm so anti pink. I really am. I'm not a pink girl. Um, yeah. but maybe that's something I need to embrace. That's what. One of my friends told me 20 years ago, she was like, pink is the color. Hmm. You got to embrace go. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, even... did, did, did you have any thoughts? Um, well, I just got thinking about the colors. I don't remember exactly what we were just talking about. It was about... <laughs> Well, before that, the oh, the spiritual side of things. I don't know. What do you guys? What do you guys want to talk about? And I'll I'll talk about whatever you suggest. <laughs> well, um, I can talk about what uh, movie that Jesus is making um, right now. It's called All the Time, um, and he's finished scripting it. So um, I shoot movies with Jesus. And how I portray them in my Jesus Greg world is Jesus is making a movie and I'm helping him. Uh, and so the, the last two movies have kind of focused on that. The first one was called Blunt. That's a pretty blunt statement, but God's had, that's one of the things as I become a new creature in Christ, he's done that. I mean, I'm already kind of a blunt person. People would know that throughout my life. Greg's pretty blunt, but now he's purposed that. And, and using it um, to teach me. Because like you say, well, that's how you understand things, Greg. And I'd say, yeah, that's right. Um, and that's how he, uh, uh, well, he kind of talks the opposite, I'd say. I'm always saying, you're not talking very loud, Jesus. You know, you know, talked about a still small voice. Can you turn up the volume? And then he, he's taught me, you want the volume up, then you have to participate. And you have to repeat what you're hearing. So it's a call response. I think I heard this. Well, write that down. And so I write it down. And it's like I'm guessing. And that's what he's, he's emphasizing is that's what it is. Do you know what a belief is, Greg? It's a guess. It's a Jesus-informed guess. <laughs> and, and that doesn't sound very comforting when prophet says, I'd like to prophesy. My prophecies, the best you're going to get are, are guesses at what Jesus is saying. Because um, as all prophets have done, we do our best to formulate and 
Um, and anyone who, who's known a prophet to know that they have to edit some of their stuff. Oftentimes we do what the world does is we don't, we're not that transparent. We don't show you the earlier versions. We just like, like Greg does here, I'll present this version of myself. He said goodbye to the earlier versions. Who is he? And so um, God's teaching me that the nature of prophecy at the same time he's, um, and that's, that's a blunt way to talk. It's like, well, that's not very elegant, Greg, to talk about prophecy as though it was a prediction. Because, um, you know, we're very familiar. Science does predicting. It's, it's a huge endeavor to predict the future. It's what a powerful thing. If you can predict the future, which is what climate scientists are doing, um, which is every, every science endeavor is built around the idea of predicting what's going to happen. That's why you create a hypothesis. Well, here's what I think based on what? And it's kind of like oftentimes a hunch or previous things, but do you know? Can you walk up to the pulpit and say, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt? Well, there's some people that can, and I don't know, maybe they do know beyond a shadow of a doubt, but I can't do that. If Other than I can go ahead and adopt that hyperbole, because I'd say like, I don't know if I know anything. I believe some things so strongly that I would die for them. But um, so, so that word has insert, inserted itself into my heart. Guess, just like me talking about Jesus, my imaginary friend who is real, who's my therapist. Those words, that's kind of blunt language. Um, even though you added that, um, my imaginary friend who is real, and even though you're saying, you, this is your best Jesus-inspired guess, but when you start bringing these words that add ambiguity, of course, is what they do, but I'm like, that's the Jesus I know. The, the one I get closer to is like, I'm not sure. I feel like scientists where I'm not really sure how this is going to turn out. I think it's going to be this way. Um, and so one of the things God had to start teaching me is how often he's talking to me. Um, and so this morning, uh, uh, he was emphasizing in the Book of Mormon, um, God says, pray always. Um, and when he met with the people in the Americas, and then uh, he had other prophets say, I want you to pray always, pray in your secret places, pray here, pray there, pray this, please pray about this, pray about that. They go on for many verses. And then he says, um, through his prophets, he says, and when you're not praying, have your heart continually drawn out in prayer. In other words, I'm saying it, pray always. Well, so in this movie, Jesus um, says through through myself, uh, if J Jesus is our example, so it, it, if he's inviting us to pray always, to always be in communication, like always, A-L-W-A-W-S, always in communication with him, then it seems like that must be what he's doing. Cause I can't think of anything he's invited us to do that he hasn't, he's not also doing. And so that's the underlying scriptural premise, but that's not how he invited me to this understanding. He invited me through this guy named Neil, somebody that, um, who wrote uh, conversations with God. And I'm like, yeah, that guy, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have to read his books. I don't want to have to read another book, nor does Jesus want me to. Um, but I'll, I'll finish my, um, my dissertation here by reading this quote. Uh, she interviewed this, this woman interviewed Neil. And she, um, she says, Neil shared what he felt was the most important and fundamental takeaway from the Conversations with God series. 
And that is found in the first few paragraphs of the book. We are all having conversations with God and the divine all the time. It's not that you can have the conversation. It's that you already are. Neil says that organized religions have taught us that we need an expert or someone outside of us to help us get closer to God. But that isn't true. In his experience and through the messages he has received, Neil wants us to know that God is talking to each and every one of us all the time. The important part, here it is, is that we need to be open to the messages, the nudges, the synchronicities, and other ways that God is trying to connect with us. And so that is the, the core of that movie, the message to me, because he's having me build a world um, in the metaverse, I mean, in the Jesus verse, which is not the metaverse. Um, he's having me build a Jesus Greg world. And um, he's, for the last, since 2015, he's been laying down very fundamental, what you'd call the foundation. And I've been building up on this, but he's still laying down very fundamental. So you saw that, that Neil said that very fundamental is he's always talking. And so I, I must build my Jesus Greg world with that assumption in mind. And that then, of course, gets expressed like in the movie where I'm saying, Jesus is making a movie and I'm helping. That's, that builds in that understanding that like, I don't even know that I'm myself, that if he's communicating, he may be using me to do communicating like to others. And of course, that's the premise of what prophets are or preachers is that God can work through um, individuals. So you're like, well, which is it? Is God talking or is that Greg? Ah, you want that resolved. It's an and thing. Well, but Greg's a flawed mortal. <laughs> but it should blow your mind. Jesus is using a flawed mortal. How does he expect other mortals to follow him if he's going to use flawed mortals? He's always used flawed mortals. Oh, we see how that's turned out. Right. It's kind of sketchy. Okay. Then anyways, that's just, there's my uh, my thought. Go ahead, Jonathan. I saw you have writings downs. Um, okay. So I just had a conversation yesterday with a mutual friend of Greg and mine. Um, and uh, we talked about this very thing. And I find it kind of interesting. We were both reminded of a scripture. Um, and I get, I, I never think in terms of uh, that I'm talking to necessarily Mormons <laughs> or people with a Mormon upbringing. Um, and so it's weird for me to, I don't always, sometimes I do anyways, but I don't always mention um, the standard works of the church, but I'm going to. And so, so, um, Anybody listening who has a problem with that, I guess, you, you know, you have to do what you're going to do. That's okay. The point being is um, this particular principle, I believe, is true. And I think it proves out, and you can find it in other places as well. But there's a scripture in the Book of Mormon that Alma 31 and 32. Um, and basically, the thing that struck this friend and I was that God is speaking to... Um, this group of people through this guy who was a, a man sent to preach to them. And um, he's talking about this faith thing, right? And one of the fascinating things that he said is that he said, like the word of God comes to somebody 
And when it comes, it, it comes with uh, like a belief. So he said, you, you basically, you believe upon the word. Now he says, it's not a sure knowledge. He said, he says, but you have to act based upon your belief. Um, and he says, if you knew, then it wouldn't be faith. And this was important for, for this person that I was talking to because of something that, you know, she's facing in her life right now and decisions she's, she's kind of grappling, not grappling with, but looking at. And, you know, it's like this thing of like, I, I'm pretty sure that this, this inspiration I received was of God, you know, but there's a desire within us. It's like, well, yeah, I'm pretty sure, but I want to know before I act, right? <laughs> of course. Yeah, that's our tendency. Like, I want to know without a shadow of a doubt that this was of God before I act. And that's called now, carnal, the truth. That's called carnal security for any of those. That's uh, in Babylon. We say that's very reasonable to do. Don't jump into an investment until you know it's a sure thing, which of course is uh, farcical. Now, of course, the, the truth is, is it's a spectrum, right? Because you can have whims that come into your mind that are from other sources that are just from your own craziness that are from all sorts of things. So it's not like you're trying to, to step out on faith on anything that comes into your mind. But what I've often found is that like, when I receive an impression that's of God, it will come with almost like a clear knowing. And in that moment, if I'm not sure, I'm like 97.6% Sure. Maybe I'm just 90% sure, but I'm pretty sure that this is, this is, this is a prompting from God. Um, but then what I found happens is that immediately after, and the scriptures actually talk about this, he said, then comes the trial of your faith, right? <laughs> you go from 90% down to 30%, right? <laughs> yes. It's like the next morning you wake up and you think, what was I thinking? That is insane. <laughs> you know, and it can be something as simple as you need a different profession. You need to change jobs. You need to, you know, but you found some security in the place you're at, right? You need to go back to school and get a master's degree painting Jesus, you know, <laughs> sort right. of thing. <laughs> it's like, it's like, that's crazy. I'm going to go into this debt to get, you know, this degree or whatever. And like, like, you know, you know, and, and what comes is this thought like that couldn't have been God, you know, but then you still have the memory of how it felt, even though, even if you can't feel it anymore, right. You still have the memory. I, I may not know at this moment, but I, I have a memory that I knew at one time or that I was pretty yes, sure at one yes. time. Yep. So yep. now you're, now you're in this strange place because you've experienced the moment of faith. Then you experience this trial of your faith. And now it's like, well, what am I going to do? You know, maybe right now I'm feeling a lot of fear, but it's like, but I kind of like, I, I'm still, you know, maybe 78.6% sure. And so then it's like, you have to take an action. And so as you take that action, what happens is that you receive another, you're rewarded by more faith. So say for example, go away to college and get your degree, you know, get your master's degree. And it really seems like the right thing. Was it Jesus that wanted me to do this? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it feels right. I go down and I actually, I actually get the paperwork and I take the first step towards, you know, signing up for that 
program. I, I, I fill out the application and I send it in. And then there will come like this peace or this deeper knowing, this more belief. Maybe your belief ups, you know, and and it soothes you. It's like it becomes sweet and desirable. So this is Alma 32, right? Is it's like, oh, I experimented on the word, right? So I receive something that I think is of God, that I believe is of God. It doesn't come with a knowing because then it would require no faith, not a full knowing, but I believe it's of God. So then I act. And then that's like what Alma 32 is talking about, where it's like, okay, so God is going to, um, it says to experiment upon the word. So, you know, and that can be even as much as like, say you write it down on a piece of paper. I need to go do this thing, you know, and then you take it out and you read it every day a couple times and you're experimenting just, you know, I'm going to read this, this thought, and maybe I haven't even taken an action yet, but I'm going to read it. How do I feel when I read it? Does it feel like light coming into my being or does it feel like darkness? There's different ways and people are different and God works with people different ways. But the idea is you have to take some sort of an experiment and that's like watering the seed. That's Alma 32. It's like, I'm going to act as if this was of God, or at least I'm going to experiment on the thought. I'm going to bring the thought into my mind multiple times and see if it, and Alma 32, 32 says it will swell within your bosom. It will be delicious to you. So you're experimenting upon the word, and then you move forward, you move forward, you move forward until he says you can come to a perfect knowledge. At least you become into a perfect knowledge that the word is right. Like it may not be manifest yet. Like you may have this feeling like, okay, well, if you jump into this new profession, you know, it's going to be a good thing for your family. Well, maybe you're jumping, but like it's not a good thing yet. Like right now it's just costing you a bunch of money or it's, you know, whatever. And it's like, it's like, it's like, you know, but if you continue to reinforce the thought of, of what you were told, maybe write on a piece of paper, experiment on the word, take action on it, then it will grow. It'll swell. And there'll come a point where you absolutely know that what you felt was of God. You may not see the fruit yet, you know, but you have a fruit inside of you, which is like this knowing that the path you're on is of God and that it's that it's good, that it's a good seed because it grows, it grows and sprouts and, and becomes a thing. So that was my thought on that part. And then I'll say one last thing. Um, the, the second part of what you're talking about, Greg, um, reminded me of uh, a quote from at least from the movie well, uh, Lion, Witch in the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis. Um, I don't know if it's in the book, but in the movie at the end, the lion's walking away. And she's like, oh, he, he like basically like left the party and took off, you know, and um, and she turns to the the goat man guy. I can't remember what they call those. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's like there he goes or something. And and the goat guy looks at her and says, he says, yeah, he's not a tame lion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not a tame lion and that's the strange thing about the word is that it's like you so often find that you know people want to keep finding jesus in the same place every time yeah. they keep wanting to him to be the same 
And the truth is, and they want him to do this. They want him to do his work the way he did it last time. Yeah. It's like, I know the way you work. You work like this, you know? And, um, but then they end up discovering that it's like, it's like, it goes stale. It's like food, you know, it's like, you're given the word of God, you know, and it's perfect and it's ripe and it's exactly what you need at the time, but it's the, not the right thing for two years from now or 10 years from now or whatever. It's like, you need a fresh, a refreshing. That's why people who within the framework of religion, they oftentimes end up falling prey to a, another kind of evil, which is the evil of, of, um, all they have are stale crackers. It's like they can quote you chapter and verse, but there is no life in their life. It's like they don't, they don't, um, because they don't hear the voice anymore. They, they, they don't even know how quite to apply the things that they've read, but they've got them all memorized. Um, and that's why it's like, it has to be, it has to be fresh. And this is not to say that it denies the old word, but new understandings, new perspectives, also new applications and new sources. That's the thing that people often really struggle with is it's like, no, this is the authentic source. It's only going to come from this man who I trust, who did da, 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 you know, and it's like, don't count on it. <laughs> That's it's right. Like, don't don't pass God to send the word of God through that homeless guy on the corner of the street, because like, that's God. He's not a tame lion. I think Emily actually had something and and I'll turn it back to Greg for the moderator for whatever you want to do. No, that, no, go ahead, Emily. Um, you're up. If you have any thoughts. Um, gosh, it's hard for me to remember all those thoughts. Sorry. So many. <laughs> no, well, it was, I was actually just reading this section in um, the scriptures too recently. And, and one of my thoughts that kind of ties into that is when you have, like you have that faith and when you have that thought, like, hey, I should try something new. And I like it. You said experiment because that's exactly how I phrased. Like when I did this artist part of my master's, you have to conduct an experiment and you do results. You have like a result cycle, right? And so it's an experiment. So what I'm doing art, I'm experimenting and I'm seeing what works. And it's the same thing, you know, with with the word of God. Like um, like right now I'm experimenting. These are like different types of mud. Um, this is actually from like a red clay. This one smells really bad. I'm pretty sure it's from my rain gutters um, <laughs> at one point. And uh, I almost just carried this whole thing outside to get mud. There's a lot of mud outside right now. It's a good time to get mud. Um, but what it reminded me of is uh, last night when I was reading and kind of pondering some things in the scriptures. Uh, I don't know what chapter it was. It was somewhere on Alma after Alma 32. Uh Anyways, but it, part of it was talking about when you have this experiment, when you have these ideas and these thoughts, or like, oh, what I really liked is it was talking about praying for others. This is what it reminded me of. Like when you're praying for others, and then it had a part in there that talked about how you have to act. And if you don't act, then it's like, it's not a follow through. And um, I know that I'm, I'm slaughtering this and I should get my scriptures and like pull it out. But the whole thought is like, if you don't, um, if you don't start acting on whatever it is you felt or you saw, then what's the point of praying about it? Because this was specifically talking about praying for others and helping others. And if all you're doing to help others is saying a prayer for them, this is just what really struck 
you know, people are like, I'm going through this, like, hey, say a prayer for me. First, I was like, it is important to pray for others and it is important to reach out to them. But along that same line is if you're praying for them, you better be doing something like active too to help them if you can, whatever that means. And it, and I wrote it, again, I can't remember the exact verses or words, but it was just the thought that came to me was just like, whatever you've been given, whatever means you've been given, that might be financial, it might be time, it might be whatever means, you know, it might just be a, a conversation, but you should be doing something. Like, you can't just pray and be like, yeah, I prayed for you, and then you leave it, and then you're done. Like, because that's not really what Jesus would do. He wouldn't just go, yeah, I prayed for you, see y'all later. Like, that's not, even when he was here on the earth, he didn't do that. He's always been a God of action and of doing something. Like, for example, a lot of times I get stuck thinking about painting, but I don't actually paint. And I, I have a really hard time getting started on things. I have a really hard time, what I call the switching gears. Um, you know, you could blame it on ADHD or like hyper-focus or anything you want, but the truth is whatever I'm doing, I'll get really obsessed in it and I have a really hard time switching gears and doing something. It's really hard for me. But again, if I never switch and do the something else, then I haven't, um, I don't know. I guess then it's hard to make progress. But then I think you also, again, have to, then I also think again about how that's part of God's plan. Part of it is learning in that experiment and saying like, oh, I thought about doing this thing and I didn't do it. And then I like feel bad. But then I'm like, well, you can't, the other thought that always comes to me is, well, well, you can't change the past, but you can make a different choice. You know, next time that situation comes, I can make a choice. You'd be like, oh, I'm going to have something on hand that I can give to this person. Or I'm going to have something set aside that I can help in this way. Or today, this moment, I'm going to choose to do this, whatever it is that I feel like I need to do. I don't know. Those were kind of my thoughts with that is just. Yep, it, it lines, up, lines up with my understanding of the gospel. We, we have a gospel to try, um, and as humans, we're, we're so lame in so many ways. Um, and so I'm often reinforcing, try your broken best is what I'll tell my kids, um, and that, that God rewards those who try, that that's, um, and so that's not a results focused um, statement it's more of a process like uh, get on the journey um, so so if you can't you can't do a through z just do a b c you know maybe that you're like well a b c is easy yeah well then do that because there's some people who don't even get to a b c that they, they're not checking off any boxes at all and um, that's god doesn't approve of that that's damnation that's what you're stopped you're just like why try um now you're focused on results if you're looking like that because the answer is because that's what God requires um, and and you're not going to get results unless you try unless you um, in the case that Jonathan was talking about unless you plant the seed well why try um, why why nourish something that may, may never come to be um, and that's a damning thought because um, it'll it'll stop people from uh, opportunities and so, God talks to us all um, about that. Um, you know, you've heard us mentioning scriptures um, in this episode. So when Jonathan was talking, Jesus told me, uh, mention, Greg, that 
all these things um, he, he does with all of his children, whether they're aware of it. So when you get into the scriptures and so forth, you're basically like reading in the manual. Jesus created a manual uh, as good as it is. And I say that kind of sarcastically, but also gratefully both. Um, as good as it is and it and it's like like what's going on here jesus oh well read the scriptures and you'll, you'll see how i work with other people and and you'll start seeing these patterns but you don't have to uh you can just um stay in conversation with me and you'll you'll learn kind of how the world works and so forth and and so you might not get a have a spiritual framework you're working within um just like people can learn to talk Without having to go to school, you can learn your ABCs. It might take you a lot longer than other people, but so what? Uh, you become conversational in your language. Uh, and maybe you couldn't be a lawyer because you can't formulate those words. You didn't have writing, formal writing practices. And so that's what Jesus invites people to a discipline. He doesn't make them all do that, but everybody is in conversation with God. And so when Jonathan was talking about these these patterns like planting the seed. Hey, I got this idea. Well, those things you could go, if you read business journals and, and uh, marketing things, you would find those same, they're talking about the same thing and science, the process of science. It's like, Oh, I don't have to read the scriptures. It's all right here. And you would be correct. But that, um, that is God. And he asks us to acknowledge his hand in all things, but you don't have to, you can still be blessed. He makes, he says, I make it to rain on the just and the unjust. And, and, and so, you know, um, he's, he's created an environment where um, that's um, acceptable to him uh, until it's not. And then he'll, he'll encourage you sometimes very strongly you need to look at the manual so they'll understand because you just keep making mistakes and you're like, I don't get what you're doing down here, God. I don't know why I can go into business and some of them um, succeed and some of them fail. And then he, he points you to the manual. You're like, oh, you know what? I really like this, the attitudes thing. Um, and I'm starting to see some insights in here that every business that I've gone where it's just all about me have left me feeling empty. Yeah, we got a bunch of money, um, but you're talking about blessed are the poor in spirit and come unto me. And so my life needs to have a higher power. So yeah, go to AA. You can have that. Go to literature. Um, go seek the light. Go to, go to the children of the light. Go, go to the crystal healers. You're going to find some, some truths. Um, but the three of us have been raised up within a discipline, within a tradition of, of a discipline, which I'd say, the manual, um, the scriptures, which I'm grateful for, but also it's kind of archaic, like old people, um, ancient people's experiences and so forth. But um, it's powerful. I mean, it's, it's, it's the best running other than direct conversations with God, which is what the whole thing actually points to is like, okay, now you read the manual. Um, and like Jonathan says, um, you'll really need to probably hear his voice yourself um if because uh, um you're sometimes you're gonna i'm gonna give you stuff that doesn't fit any of these stories it's you know it's an approximation of some of them but um you're gonna be like job but you're not gonna have skin worms you're gonna be like job and you're not gonna so so it doesn't line up but but then he'll show you that it does approximately and so anyways, that's what I wanted to emphasize is that these patterns are widespread and that's what god has emphasized in my Jesus Greg world, I build it 
towards Jesus, towards scriptures and all that stuff. But I, he has me acknowledge, oh, no, these, these are patterns you can find in Star Wars and in movies. Um, he's talking to us in movies. That's one of the movies he had me make. Uh, guess what? Jesus is talking to you in movies. <laughs> he uses everything. The stars. Oh, so if I started stu studying astrology or um, astrophysics or anything having to do with the stars, oh yeah, yep, you'll get insights there. And you start doing rocks. Are you are you in rocks, Jesus? Yeah, he's in rocks. Are you in messy paintings like Emily's doing right now with her colors? He's in there, uh, but he's hard to see. Right, right. So, well, I don't want to work at seeing him. <laughs> All right, then just see the obvious things. Um, and that's where a lot of people default because it does take a, a level of work. See, I, you watch Emily, she's doing, a, I'm, I'm flapping my gums like um, Jonathan is. Um, and, but Emily's really working to see Jesus um, in, that, in that way. Um, and God has put that energy and, and he's put uh, movies inside me. I'm just like, whoa, I'm making movies all the time. And I like movies. That makes sense. God would say, you, you, you really want to have some information that you need, Greg, and then um, it's stuff that you don't hear everywhere. Like, yeah. And then he has me start making movies with him. And then he tells me, tell people that I'm making this movie and I made The Chosen. Like, oh, okay. Because he's having me make a world where he's the boss of everything. And because that's what I want. I want to live in a world where Jesus <laughs> is making everything happen uh, or at least permitting it to happen. And then he explains all that. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's uh, Emily's living in a world where Jesus appears in a mess. And so she was certainly Jesus was using her as inspiration for this because I love I love the, the title of this program. Jesus in this mess is like, oh, man, life's always been pretty messy to me. Jesus, are you in there? Um, and he's like, yep. That's and and Emily's testimony <laughs> rang so true that sometimes that's when he's there the most when your life's a mess um, and because you're in the search for something some answer that's kind of what you have to be like Jonathan says what if you're what if you got all everything answered yep I've got it all done <laughs> well enjoy your stale crackers that's it with ten minutes to go by the way. It's gone by fast today. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I couldn't find Jesus in my mess before, but uh, I'm starting, I don't know, I have just kind of this little idea in my head, and I don't know if this is what it's going to end up like, but I started using this mud. I'm kind of building this mountain, and right now I have this vague idea, and I don't know if it's going to end up this way or not. Uh, but now I know I have this idea, but there's like all of us building this mountain, like every one of us. And we're, we're like trying to get up to God and we're trying to build each other. And it's like, as we build, we build upon the shoulders of each other to try to come closer to the presence of God. And that's just kind of my idea that just came when I started putting the mud on here and it kind of looked like a mountain. And then that got me thinking about that. And sorry, I was only half listening to what you guys said because, yeah, I was building a mountain. Um, <laughs> well, sometimes that happens when I'm paying. <laughs> That's right. Hey, Jesus is talking to me. Shut up, Greg. Uh, no, um, no. But also what you said, like, I was also thinking that when you were talking, Greg, like, you know, you can find Jesus in anything. 
it reminded me of um well a lot of times you quote like popular songs and and like pop culture things and yeah you can find jesus in that or it reminded me of a memory when i first started doing these paintings and this whole idea i didn't coin the phrase jesus in this mess um it was when i was teaching a group of women and um because i remember i was originally like how to fail at finding jesus but one of them kind of as we had this whole discussion with a whole group of women was like the idea came out from from one of them about finding Jesus in a mess. And then later they uh they actually did a little um podcast thing. Actually maybe we should have her come on here and talk sometime. Maybe she's just one of my neighbors. Anyways, she talked about how looking in like her messy house. Her house was really messy and it was just cluttered everywhere. And she was just feeling like I don't know, just feeling really defeated. And just like, can I really find Jesus in this mess of my life and of my house? Like, it's so gross. It's so dirty. And I don't. And the thought that came to her was like, yeah, that she could. And then I had another friend who looking for Jesus in their mess. Have they talked about how they had this bathroom that was just disgusting. And they had this shower they could never clean. And they're like, and I started looking at all the gross spots. And it kind of looked like Jesus. So you could physically find Jesus even though that sounds really strange or you hear I've heard also about people who like find Jesus in coffee stains and stuff because I think you can find him wherever you're looking it's whatever you're looking for you will find it um right I just saw saw the devil behind you right if you look for that you'll find it sorry Jonathan you had a thought no, I just wanted to let Greg know that I was I was next I had a thought when you're done are you are you done I'm done yeah Okay, so um, so a couple thoughts. Let me write them both down before I, because I'll forget the other one. So, well, that's a good idea. Should write mine down. and then um, um, oh, finding Jesus and okay. So first of all, the finding Jesus in the mess. Just the other day, <clears throat> I um. So I, I, I've, I've been, I've been looking at design, um, and, um, I, I love writing poetry, um, but I often crave color. Um, and it's hard because whenever you write something, it's all black and white. And, um, and it's, it's, it's almost harsh. The, the words on the page are harsh. That's why I think I like fiction and, and is because, it creates metaphor and um, and it's kind of a way to color with words. Um, and it's, I feel like I can get closer to the than I can um, uh, when I try to say something outright, just like, you know, like, well, this is the way, like nonfiction is, you know, like, like a commentary on, you know, the Bible or a commentary on life that in my podcast and stuff sometimes, but it almost is harder to really express the truth that way. That wasn't where I was going to go with it. But point being is I was watching something on design and there's this guy who has a podcast that I found um, called the future without an E on the end. The future. It's about design and graphic design. And, um, you know, he was telling this group of, of kids like uh, young, well, young people who are he was saying, you know, it's like you never know where you're going to find inspiration or something like that. And he says, you know, you may be walking down the road and you see some crack in the sidewalk and you're like, oh, my gosh, that looks like Jesus. And um, 
What's funny is that the program is very secular, you know, it's um, very much a program about um, graphic design. And he got like 2 million followers and he's really good at what he does. And he makes a lot of money doing what he does. And he dresses super nice. Thing. But it was funny to me. He was, um, he was, that this is on his mind. So he mentioned Jordan Peterson, which is interesting because Jordan Peterson has sparked a, uh, um, a whole generation of people now who are turning back to God because Jordan is kind of secular, you know, and they're, and to Jesus, surprisingly. And so he mentioned Jordan Peterson and then he, here he mentions Jesus. And then I watched another podcast and he's wearing a cool hat that looks really neat. He probably designed it himself, but it's just words on the hat. But then it has a, it's black and it has red underneath the brim. It's all red under the brim. It looked really cool, but it said, God is a designer. And um, so he's not, he's not actively trying to tell everybody, you know, Jesus is the thing. But it's so much in his heart, in his mind, that you can tell. It's like it's coming out everywhere. It's like, yeah, yeah, like you may see, you know, he could have said, you, you know, you may see President Clinton in, in the crack in the sidewalk, but that's not what's on his mind. You know, he says, you might see Jesus in the, in the crack. And there was nothing else in the whole talk he gave to these young people about God or anything, but that was just what came out. You may find Jesus in the crack. And so... I actually have the feeling that this is the way that, you know, it talks about in the millennium that Christ will reign is it's like, it's not so much the way we've thought completely. Like, yes, it was good that we, we used to go to church on Sunday and we did our secular things, you know, and then we, we took breaks to worship God. What's going to happen, I think, is that he is going to seep into the consciousness of everyone everywhere people are gonna people who can't accept regular religion are gonna find jesus through jordan peterson because he's a scientist and you know other people are going to and it's until he just seeps in everywhere and people start to see him everywhere so that was the one thought second thought i'll try to make this one quicker the mountain i really like this i actually like the way it's looking the painting um it's a cool looking sky so far it may change i know um and the mountain there's a strange thing about community so it's like it seems like there's a mystery and it's a mystery of god but it's unfolded to us and that is that it's like yes god is there in his heaven but oftentimes the way that that we get communicated to when we become open is through a community and it's a community of like-minded believers. And it's like, and there's different communities of like-minded believers, you know, and and each one kind of that that is able to help each other. And the cool thing in the world today is that the communities are overlapping as if we're going to become one community eventually. You know, it's like, because I can look over the fence at what the Catholics are saying or what this guy who's a, you know, interior, you know, a, a, a graphic designer is saying i can i can look over the fence and see what these other people are saying and go oh yeah it's just like that it's just like that and it's a community years ago 
I was going with um, a dear friend of mine through the Redwood Forest, and she said, um, and they were talking about how the Redwoods, they're all connected. The roots are all connected. So like uh, one tree can get burned out through a, a fire and the other trees, it will draw nourishment from the other trees until it can like be restored. And this is part of the reason why they live for 2000 years. And I wonder if it's part of the key of eternal life because we're plagued with death here. The redwoods are exam an example. They do eventually die, but they live a lot longer than us. And I wonder if it's because they've tapped into a different kind of order. You know, they're not trying to be a thing unto themselves, pointing up to God. They rely upon all of these other trees in the whole forest. It's like it's all one big organism. And whenever we, we grasp that, then we actually transcend to a higher order that doesn't die so soon. We talk about eternal life, but eternal life comes one day at a time. How are we going to gain a resurrection that's better than the life that we have, that where you don't die? Well, I have the feeling that in that place, there's a community where each person is able to draw from the others, rest upon the others, etc. And it actually prolongs life. Um, and that's part of eternal life, and that's part of the joy of that of that thing that we desire that Christ has prepared for us is that it's not just him. It's also him and all those who he's brought, who we all become like one thing that supports itself and that thus gains this longevity that can continue to live and live and live. That's it. I'll turn it back. So I like it. I like it. Well, we've come to the 1030 hour. If any final thoughts, Easter final thoughts. I like those thoughts, Jonathan, and uh, it rings true to me um, that I, in fact, I woke up this morning, and I'll come back to you, Jonathan, uh, speaking gratitude to Jesus Christ for all the good people that have been in my life. I was just acknowledging, I was feeling kind of weak, but uh, that's one way you can strengthen yourself. You, you feel weak, but you're not. Um, and uh, you can uh, reinforce your strengths and one of those is gratitude that you can even reclaim the past like well i might might have difficulties right now but i've been blessed and so that that redeems uh uh that experience so you're not like oh i've been a waste my whole life no 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 you had good parents you have even now you have um, good friendships uh family and otherwise so um Yep. I like your comments. Okay, Jonathan, back to you. Here, I wanted to... Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, you, you, Emily. Go ahead. Two things I just wanted to show you guys on this I'm really liking. Can you see, like, there's, like, a person right here? There's, like, a head. This is a bot. Like, this is their torso. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. Like, their bomb, their leg, and then their other leg's, like, bending. I just really like this person here. And so I tried to do... It looks like scribbles to you guys. But there's like different heads and different bodies in here. Um, and then what I thought, I haven't finished this idea. And then I thought like, that's kind of like Jesus looking up. So maybe I was like, maybe he is the mountain. Oh, that yeah. We're building. And that was kind of the thought I was going with. Um, yeah, I think that's the way I'm going with this. I like it. We'll see what happens with it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I need I... to study a lot more. I need to, the people are not very clear, but maybe that's also like what doesn't matter 
the individual people are maybe not one. So you can always take like a deeper thought to this. But I don't know, I really like this, where this is going, that it is kind of like a mountain and kind of like an abstract landscape. I actually kind of really like that. Um, yeah. We'll see what happens with this painting. Um, and if anyone's curious, when this is done, and this isn't done by any means, but when this painting's done, this will probably be just because of the large size, this is probably gonna be above the $3,000 range if somebody decides that this painting is speaking to them or as it keeps going. But uh, yeah, art this large, uh, I figure it out by the square inch and this is pretty large. So yeah, anyways. Good. Um, yeah, so yeah, go back to you guys. Oh, any final thoughts there, Jonathan? I'm good, I'm done. I actually was waving my hand because I thought the meeting was muted. I realized that a call was just coming in and it messed me all up. But I will make a final thought. And that is that um, Jesus said that uh, he said, like, you know, whenever you help somebody along the road or something, you know, it's like you're really helping me, you know, sort of an idea. It's like he tries to convey to us that the other people we help and support that we're, it's actually him. So there's a mystery in this and that it's like- In as much like as you do it unto the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me is the scripture. Right, and so so there's this sense, it's like, I kind of like that this one isn't actually, a, this painting isn't a picture of Jesus. And yet all of these people who are him, this fits back in with what Emily was saying earlier about doing things for others that in reality, there's a, a deeper um, understanding of the truth that helps us to understand that it's not just that, that Jesus wants us to know that, that, so in a way, it's like Emily is painting Jesus by painting all of these people in the mountain, because yep. in a sense, they are, right? Because when you've done it unto the least of these and et cetera. So that's it. Hallelujah. I like it. Um... And so I will leave it to the poet or Emily, two poets in our midst um, to name this, um, but uh, mountain, mountain maybe. Uh, I'm gonna stop the recording now.